Hello, my name is Xavier Mercado, and this is Spearhead Conversations. Hello, my name is Xavier Mercado, and again, this is Spearhead Conversations. Today, I am joined by special guests. Wait for it. Educators Amplified, the podcast. Educators Amplified, Educators Amplified, where we amplify educators' voice, amplify students' experience, amplify well-being, amplify hope, Amplify what's really going on in our public schools. Amplify solutions to restore the education profession. Amplify new possibilities. I'm Joanna. And I'm Hallie. We see you. We hear you. We are you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> We are here with two great educators today. Today, we will be talking about their journey in education, as well as the bold and brave move they've been um, catching waves with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> educators like Amplified. So enough of me talking. How are you guys doing? I'll let you introduce and then, you know, do a little talking before we head into to the conversation. All right. Well, I'll start. My name is Joanna Rosado, and I've been a public school teacher for going on 27 years. Um, she's she's really not that old. Right. <laughs> I know I look too young for all of that, but it's been uh, 27 years, mainly in, well, my certifications are English, Alternative Education and Administration, and I was your teacher. Former student <laughs> right here in the flesh. Right. And we just, but right, we had a, we had a great time. And this is really, really, you know, cool for me, emotional for me, what you're yeah. doing here with the podcast. I'm super happy for you and loving that your real voice is coming through to the world. I finally found the passion <laughs> and I'm not lying when I say that. I know, like, I know. Oh, that's cool. And then I'm Hallie Schmeling. Um, well, not, I don't know, Xavier, if you want to share, but how old are you? I'm 33. Okay, 30, so I'm 30 35. Years. So Joanna could have been my teacher. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Look at that. Not that yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I just, right, I always think about that. But Joanna was not my teacher. Sometimes our students will ask. What me. high school did you go to? I went to Menominee Falls. Okay, got you. Yeah, my <laughs> wife um, graduated from um, Pulaski. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, she was 05 as well. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Ooh, older woman. Yeah. <laughs> so, your Nia was born. Yeah. Do you remember? Was I pregnant oh, yeah, for and sure. had the baby and all that? When <laughs> oh, right. definitely. I'm saying your kids are grown now. Right. That's Well, she's my baby. She's going to be 17. <laughs> oh, no, you got me feeling... Uh, so yeah. right well and, and i had you for multiple years yes, we were did. always connected not only through the classroom but through ahana yeah remember our diversity club i had the the thing for graduation mm -hmm. by the way she she also bought my yearbook and my capping gown she was my guardian during yeah. high school she really protected me and i will always love her for that well we had a special bond like i do though with many of my students oh, for sure. but it was for sure 
it was it was all good. You know, one of the things of me coming to South Milwaukee that was a little bit different for me was I had taught in my hometown previous to being in South Milwaukee. So yeah. I'm from Kenosha. And I had taught there for six years, whatever, it was fine. And then when I came to South Milwaukee, it was the first time I met a lot of Puerto Rican students. <laughs> Honestly. Hey, you're like, Puerto Rican. Right. Yes. And so before that, I had never really had that experience with with my students. Anyway, that's something I remember yeah. with um, you and I. Yeah. Good old PR. Right. 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 <laughs> so, right. I'm not just random chick, though, sitting here. That could No, be. for sure. You're awesome. No. We're over here. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Time um, capsule. When Xavier mm. graduated, she needed somebody else to be guardians to. No. You, you know what she did? Um, my senior year, I wasn't even in her class, but I had mentioned to her my freshman year when I first got in her class. I didn't want to be in her fr- class right. initially because it was Read 180. Right. Everybody fought. It. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like, no, I don't need this class. I'm not them. And it, <laughs> my Lexa was down, but by the time I left, but <laughs> well, um, they're made up scores. I told price. her I always wanted to go horseback riding. And oh, yeah. she took me my senior year out of the class I was in. And I'm like, she's like, here's this uh, form. Go get it signed. And we're going horseback riding. I'm like, I'm going to be a Western. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I remember doing that, though, too. I was pregnant. Yeah. You're not supposed to horseback ride when you're pregnant. And I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you remember, I had a big allergic reaction. I do not remember. Oh, wow. I, say, I do remember. On the way home, like my eyes were like puffed shut. You <laughs> oh, <guys>? damn. <laughs> All the excitement. I was, dude, I was like a little kid on Christmas morning oh, yeah. when, when she, mm-hmm. she handed me that form. I went straight home and I was like, mom, it's time. <laughs> I got to accept my destiny. <laughs> oh, oh that's I love wonderful it. you had a good time then yeah. i love right. your shirt you got on oh yeah you know i got a rep i'm wearing a shirt that says regulate empower transform that's our uh educators amplified podcast there we go slogan we got lots of slogans and hallie hallie designed that shirt she does a lot of good design work hallie Mm-hmm. Hallie, Hallie, Me. Hallie, you, you out here. Okay, I might have you design uh, the, the spearhead. Right. Um, so that's right. It's a side a side hustle I do, I guess, for this, because in my day job, I am a teacher too. There we go. <laughs> um, so right, I've been teaching for 13 years, and the past 11 of them, well, we're going on 11, have been in partnership with Joanna. And so... Yeah, we've been co-teaching, you know, and some people think co even my daughter will be like, so which one of you is the main teacher and one of one of you is the assistant? And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no, baby. <laughs> no, this is a collective. Yes. We're- <laughs> you know, but I get it. You know, you yeah. probably maybe remember classes where I, I, I came in. I was working at Sintas the first time I came into y'all uh, real. Academy. Yeah, man, I was like. I was I was very proud at that moment because she's always been one of those teachers for for the underdog and um, yeah. I was that underdog and a lot of cards were stacked up against me um, during high school even middle school um, right. a, a lot of I got labeled oh yeah and um, a lot of teachers thought I was angry and they thought um, I was too hyper which I was I was very energetic but. Um, to have a teacher like her and then to watch her form mm-hmm. uh, a home base for students like me mm-hmm. um, 
I it was a it was a prideful moment. I was working at Cintas and I came and saw you, and that's the first time I met you. And I was just like, "This is awesome! <laughs> this is awesome!" Right. So yeah, the system got you. Um, but yeah, so then we because we worked together so closely for eleven years, we were like, "Hey." We've been talking forever. <laughs> this That's is my recorded. work mom or my work wife, I say. Um, because, right, we talk all the time during school, after school, on the weekend. And I always say we're still not sick of each other. So, right. <laughs> Go to Ohana. No, <laughs> we should do a podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. Educators Amplified. Mm-hmm. But before we even get in, we're going to get more of a scope of who you both are. Okay. So, as educators, when did your your love for education begin? Well, myself, I had a pretty strong feeling I was always going to be a teacher. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it just was. You know, mm-hmm. I have a lot of siblings. There was that. I yeah. And I wouldn't make these comparisons now, but I have a very nurturing, I'm a very nurturing person. And so when I was young, um, whatever, I babysat everyone and had those experiences. But in particular, I remember when I was in fourth grade, my dad had only like a sixth grade education from Puerto Rico. Yeah. And he was going back to try to get his high school diploma. So he was attending classes like GED type classes at the the Spanish center. And so he was doing homework you know, and I would help him with his homework and we, you know, quiz him or whatever. Yeah. And we were like at the same grade <laughs> level. And I just remember him saying to me, like, you would be a good teacher. You know, you'd be a good oh, teacher. Wow. Mm-hmm. And there you go. I don't know if that's, stu- you know, I think there's who I was already, you know, but I did have that experience. And then, yeah, then it was just like, that's just what I would say. Like, I'm going to be a teacher. And mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just think it was it was in me, and it was something I always enjoyed. And even when I went to college, like you had the opportunity to like volunteer if you wanted yeah. in schools, and I always did. I was like, so it was kind of crazy because on one hand I was like crazy college student, like yeah. having fun, <laughs> and yet I'd still like always show up to do my volunteer things at schools because it it just always energized me connecting with the students. That's awesome. Yeah. And myself, similar, you know, clean Shane teacher here. Um, just always, I don't know. Wasn't I'm naturally intrigued by like just humans, like how they grow, how our brain develops. So it always like was something I was just naturally intrigued by, but I would also say that the love for teaching has really sparked like pretty recently when like, as I'm watching public education be under attack, that like the deep like soul work of like protecting public education, understanding how important it is for our democracy. Like that has really like, like taken something out of me and felt the fire. Believe me, I've I've been, (laughs) I've been paying attention to the episodes and I've, Oh, there you go. There's a, there was, you, you got me once and I, 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 Text messenger, I I hit her up real quick and I told her, she's a she's a force, she's a force. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess as things have gotten harder, I'm more like, no, we're you know? we're staying. Damn it, <laughs> we're doing this. Yeah, you can't take this out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the love just grows. So, how many years have you guys invested all together in? the yeah education 
Well, like I said, I'm starting my 27th year. Um, and so, I mean, that's just like time served in the classroom. However, you know, I've been doing alternative education or some form of it for 26 years. So I really yeah. was. And so I think that's what's unique about Hallie and I mm-hmm. is and maybe why we do talk so strongly because again we have a different result like right here your evidence of like we (laughs) have a different result with what are the in the traditional model people perceive as difficult situations Mm -hmm. um and that different result is because of our experience in alternative education so i feel like i might be different or view things differently if I had been a traditional educator all this time, but I only made it one year before I was offered. And so same thing, like it came into my life, like it just Mm -hmm. appeared. Like Mm -hmm. after my first year of teaching, the principal that I worked for at that time was like, hey, we're starting this alternative program. Yeah. And we think you'd be really good at it. Now that could have been true, but it also could have been true that nobody wanted to do it. You know, like, oh, yeah, the more oh, veteran sure. and older teachers didn't want to do it. It has like this. Oh, stigma. my God. Right. Yeah. Stigma. It's like exactly. so bad. No, it's kids. not. Like, right. right. Mm-hmm. And so but I was believing at the time where I was like, oh, they picked me. And um, <laughs> it, but it, but it, no, yeah, it, yeah. And that did, though, come from I did notice, like even my first year of teaching, I noticed that. Uh, my classes became larger as other people's became smaller because yeah. people would just like kick kids out and then they'd be assigned to my class. And it was nothing but a thing to me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, like kids. So I always say that, like, and I even tell students that I think coming yeah. from a large family, not sure, noise, chaos, people doing their own thing does not bother me. Yeah. This is I, how I, I there, do. There was one episode where I was listening and it, you were talking about inspiration and why you, you followed what you followed. And it it's like... I just think I've always been interested in introducing people to their power. And yet introducing people to their power, having them understand it at a level where they can realize that change is possible and it starts with yourself. If- that right there, you know, listening through through episodes and like it's that type of stuff. And like when you're speaking right now, it's like, yeah, you go. You go, Miss Rosado. <laughs> I am a fan. <laughs> I am a fan. <laughs> the yes. shortest woman in the room with the most power. <laughs> and the most hairspray. <laughs> right. Well, that's where the power comes from, the right. hairspray. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You know, too, I think about like how much just like time in the essence, not like length of time. Mm-hmm. How do you like make time another way? But like I can definitely see in Joanna and then what I'm really seeing in myself, because my husband will be like, OK, you're always talking education. You're always yeah. at meetings about education. Like it is in us of like this passion of like, what am I doing when I'm not at school? Reading about school. Mm -hmm. I'm recording, making a podcast about schools, you know, talking (laughs) to people about schools, meeting with a, you know, group in my town about how do we save our schools? Like, so I think about that with time, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's our passion, our soul. It's not just like length of time. It's a part of who you are. You know what I mean? And and that is, is really a lot. The one thing I love about your, your podcast is that, you guys are very bold and it's 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 a sort of to watch that it's inspiring cool and even with what i'm doing right now um 
you guys spark something in me. I, I've been going uh-huh. through my own journey. Right. Um, it took 33 years, but now I'm on this path that has just, I finally found my passion. Mm-hmm. And hearing about yours is like, you know, the one thing I could say, it seems like it doesn't matter anything I do that's related to this is going right. And mm-hmm. I feel with you guys and your student bodies that you you alter these kids' lives. And you are a force. And and I like to use that word force. Yeah. Because it's like. Yeah, we like you're it. There. Yeah. We a force for good. And right. You know, we, we come from a belief. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that. Yep. Right. We don't think kids are broken. We don't think humans mm-hmm. are broken. Mm-hmm. We think everybody is whole. And it's helping people come into balance and not from a place of like I'm balanced and I'm better and I'll show you more side by side. It's, it's with people. And do you remember Ashley, Ashley, Ashley Boatman? I'd have to see. Okay. never mind. It's around your time. Anyway, is she the one that, um, I think she's my age. uh, Oh, she's going to be 30. No, she's 29. Cause I just talked to her. Right. Anyway, okay. Yeah. I when I was talking to Ash, so Ashley's another student who I'm close with. She's I'm going to her. She, I've been in touch with her all these years too. She's getting married. Yeah. Um, and when I was just talking to her the other day, she said, "Oh my god, the thing what I love talking with you is you just even you'll be like, oh my god, I totally relate. Like my life's messed up too. Yeah. But you make it seem positive and possible. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, I think that's the one the biggest thing. Like there are barriers that you have to break down and that's a part of growth. And I I think the biggest thing with growth is, is like you can't be afraid to burst through that wall. Mm -hmm. It's it's just a wall Mm -hmm. and it's all about, it's, it's all about attitude. And I mean, like I said, like I, this idea is like a representation of my sobriety. Mm -hmm. It's been nine months. Mm -hmm. It's going on. Congrats. And thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, since this, I've, I've read books, I've changed habits and it's it's going it's been great but like I'll tell you like there's nothing like passion and mm-hmm. and I I feel like even in this room dude I could just feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> feels good like I've been hearing right it's the new addiction. Yeah, it's 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 honestly just, you just got to stay on your path and you mm-hmm. can't you can't pay attention to what people say. And don't let anyone alter what you're doing. You got to stay on track. And well, and knowing the difference between what depletes you, like you put energy into stuff, but it drains you and what generates energy within yourself. And that's what I'm like, do that. You know, we're all aware of like, but we're not actually like people aren't aware of like how much time they put into stuff that just. Yeah. So again, maybe drinking was that. Like you thought you were putting a lot of energy yeah. into it, Mr. Good you thought, times. It, you thought it was something, but no, it was, it was really. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, honestly, it got in the way of my. It's always been. I've been drinking since I was thirteen. Right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was going during middle school. Uh, it was a traumatic time. Like I, I won't go much into detail, but for me, it was. I was going to school with a survival mentality. I don't feel any kid should ever have to go to school with that mentality but 
those are the cards I was dealt. Well, and, and or if yeah. they are going through that, school shouldn't be something that adds stress. Yes. Because life sure. is messy. Mm-hmm. And why don't we talk about it that way? Right. You know? Well, and that is the difference between yeah. the, the approach that I've always had as a teacher is mm-hmm. saying like, Children are communicating their suffering. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. what sound. That's what acting up is. Right, but that's no child what, is like, excuse me. Right, that's <laughs> what shutting mode. down is. Yes. And so, yeah. it's it's how do we respond when kids are communicating their suffering? Do we respond in ways that are you know compliance and and fear, yeah. or do we connect and? generate energy so that we can get into and again and knowing that i ain't controlling anyone i ain't gonna make you do anything right. yeah well and that's what i meant before too and i was like the system got you because the system approached you in middle school is like well here's your lexile score yeah. you know it never was like how are you, <laughs> you know? yeah. like oh you're struggling it yeah. must be your reading i I, like, I feel like the one thing that you guys have that all these other teachers don't, you have the one up because with COVID-19 and having to, to come back from something like that, mm-hmm. you have this, you've already created something that is different. Mm-hmm. And the thing that schools lack is adaptation in it. Everything is not ABCD. No, it's not a test. No, that the system is broken. Oh yeah. That's the isness of this situation. If we want children who grow up to be adults, who are kind, civically engaged, critical thinkers, creative problem solvers, help restore basically our humanity, then the place to help cultivate that is in our schools. But what is being done in our schools is the exact opposite. We are in a toxic system that perpetuates fear, compliance, and complacency. That right there. Yeah, I was feeling myself. Hey, you was. <laughs> that was the one I, I mean, texted about. That's the one I texted her about. And I was like, yo, yo, who is this? She's out here. She's out here. <laughs> I still believe that, but I can you can even hear it where no, I was like, but I guess I'm just saying. That's even the passion in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and and honestly, it. it's it, it, it's like having to realize that, but like the one thing that you both have is like you've already created a system that Coming back from this, you know, that's the type of approach you need to take. I was not your average student. There was a teacher, uh, Mr. Richards. Mm-hmm. I always respect him. I always have love for him. I was in his human Holocaust uh, behavior class and I was a class clown. You know this very well. So it, it got to the point where I'm being distracted by the, the um, I'm just doing what I do. So he finally comes one-on-one with me. There was a little, it was right across the the hall from her class, but Mm -hmm. right outside his room, there's a little room. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, Mm -hmm. you need to pay attention in class. Obviously I can't have you in the class if you're going to keep doing this. He gave an alternative route. He says, look, you watch these videos, take notes on them. These are all videos that basically like relate to this class. And I did that for a whole semester. And the crazy part about that is literally when I came out of that room every time with those videos, there was pads of notes I took on World War II, on the Nazis. Like taking that approach with a student, not all students are the same. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you guys (laughs) have it. 
you have it and you need to teach these teachers well, which I, that's what the I reason hear why in that too is he eliminated the outside distractors yes. so like you were elevated you were you know dysregulated, dysregulated. Yeah. and we say that in a loving way and yeah, for sure. that's what we talk about that there's no like support in the environment that yep. it actually cranks people up because yeah. there's so much that's going unnoticed and so right when that was unfiltered and then when he was you know, putting his trust in you yeah. that you're going to just like do this. And the crazy thing is that it works. It's worked. Yeah. And then when I started realizing, oh my God, this shit is working. <laughs> Mr. Richards, you the man. Yeah. You the <laughs> well, man. I just hope you remember this with your own kids. Well, of course, you know, I got four of them now. Right. I raging in two to four, uh, two to 12. And um, it, it's, it's being a parent through the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. My kids started kindergarten that year. Everything went to shambles. And um, they've, this was, was this the first year they had a regular year? Yeah. Yes, this year. Our yes. kids the are the same year. age then. Yeah. Well, my oldest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Your youngest, yeah. I think. My oldest. Because same yeah. thing. Yeah. And and for me, that was like, why? Why did this have to happen to my kids? Like, come on, man. It's their education. And I believe in that. But it's like, really, they they the, the fact that this is the first year that they experienced a regular year, it's... Well, I don't know if it was all that. I don't regular, know. Yeah, because he still had to wear masks this year. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and that too, though, it is what it is. Like, there was this whole pandemic and yeah. uh, nobody knew what to do. Yeah. Um, and so we, we did the best we could. And yet I was critical throughout that some of what I thought the best we could do was work closer with families about here's here's a routine. You know, our first thing was mm -hmm. we want to, because our kids are in the routine of coming to school and that's what was keeping them healthy. In our program, we were like routine is, is everything the big thing. Like yeah. you guys, I'm not going to like send assignments right now. The assignment is you still need to go to bed at 10 or 11. Time. You yeah. still need to get up. I need you to be outside walking. We were focused on keeping immunity. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause we really, when it all first started, we didn't even, we didn't know what it was, you know? So I was like, we want everyone to stay healthy and not get sick. And so whatever, but, but there was more of an act like school is academics and here's your stuff rather than school is a place that assists in your development, no matter what is going on. And so, but, and, and that's why I said, please remember what we were talking about earlier in terms of trusting children letting them kind of find their own way, recognizing things about suffering. I do want you to remember that about your own kids and yeah. feel good that they are going to be okay. Like yep. you're not behind sure. anyone because no. it's it's just what it is. This and is everyone's experience. It's everyone's experience. Um, so, yeah, but I want you to remember that with of your course. own kids because it can be hard. We find sometimes that it's hard for parents the expectation that the school has kind of put on, you know, like sometimes yeah. you want to just, and actually I remember talking to your mother, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And just try talking with her, like yeah. about things that are going, like relating woman to woman, mother to mother. Yeah. Then more like, well, he's missing these assignments and, da, da, you know, mm -hmm. it was more like, yeah, I noticed when he gets like this, he acts like this. And I wonder what that's about. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think, I think, 
when you approach about, and this is just my point of view, when you uh, approach a student, um, and especially giving them that progress report when they bring their parent in, I don't think it's so much of telling them how much they've done wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. More, it's more about um, just relating to them and trying to find a way to get to them. And I feel a lot of teachers miss that point. A lot of educators. Well, again, that's that the way the system is set up. <laughs> yeah, that's why I always say system. Right. System. Because <laughs> the individuals, like the schools really are filled with individuals just like us who felt this was, mm-hmm. you know, who, who want to do this, who are passionate. But we have, we've been operating in a system that says, oh, when do you get a hold of a parent when something's wrong? Yeah. When you need backup, you know, and we we need to shift it to something that, again, is is a true partnership and celebrating progress and growth. Yeah. Um, but I'll even say, I remember in my fourth or fifth year, and thankfully I was already, you know, kind of i was in like the alternative program so we didn't have to totally follow but i remember the principal giving like a script to teachers on what their parent teacher conferences needed to be you know and it really was like so for every child fill out this worksheet of like what's their score what assignments do they need to make up like and teachers were like that that just what me like some zombies like right, right. but that's Right. Yeah. That's what that's what I keep I will just continue to say. It's the system yeah. that teachers have to operate in. And then being scared that the principal is gonna walk around and be checking to make sure you were like following the script. Now would would it would a system like this that you guys both have come up in yeah. um mm-hmm. in the beginning of your careers, what made you guys want to call quits? Has there ever been a point where it was like <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. I mean, uh, yeah. No, I laugh because yeah. I'm like, uh, last year? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, it wasn't when I started. It's been more no. recent. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, just out of like, so I get that we were back in school. Yeah. So last year was really, really, a really hard year. And I know I wasn't alone. But when yeah. you like feel that hard, ooh. Because it was like, yes, we were back in school and everyone was desperate to get kids back in school. And it was like, right you're still going through a pandemic. That's a traumatic experience, but yeah. everything was told to us to do it the exact same. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a real moral dilemma with like, how can we be saying we're going to do these things for students or like only talking to them, let's say about their reading scores when they need so much more. Yeah. But then I just, oh, it was just like, I, I couldn't continue to be like, Oh, so I know I have to do this part of my job, but mm-hmm. like none of it is actually what's best for children. Yeah. Well, it just didn't feel like that was the important thing to do. Like we were being told like this is the priority and we're like no. 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 Yeah. Yeah, so last year was just hard. <laughs> and so that's when yeah, last year I was like this might be it, Joanna. Like yeah. I might have to throw in the towel. Like yeah. and like I would say like and Joanna has said too like just a real like depression. But it's like the middle of winter and you're like counting down the months to like when the end of the school year is. But then that feeling of like, "Oh my god, in our program, yeah. I love working with the students, but then I walk outside the classroom and it's a dumpster fire. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, the juxtaposition was really hard for me, where it was like, 
two very extreme feelings at the same time. Well, yeah. I'm thankful you guys have stuck it out because <laughs> that would be a heavy blow on this education system mm-hmm. out here. In, I'm here. Out in <laughs> South Milwaukee, especially. It was hard. but and, and so to your question, though, yeah, I never really struggled early on with like thinking I wouldn't be a teacher. You know, I like never yeah. considered quitting. Not that things were yeah. easy, but I had never thought about quitting um, yeah, that thought never entered my mind. I think we're seeing though more and more of our um well, actually my whole career really has been people watch, leaving. Watching people leave. Yeah. Just because like when I started was Act Ten, and Act Ten was the law that went in place that essentially said teachers like you don't have a decision. Like you don't make a decision and wow. going we lost your rights. We lost our rights. Wow. How do, how does yeah. that how does that work? I mean, what do you mean by like you lost your rights? So in the past it was where like maybe a superintendent, curriculum and instruction director and then like that department could sit down together and make decisions of what would be best. Let's say oh. for an English department. Now okay. it's like the yep. higher ups are just telling you this is what you need to do. So you you took out the people who yeah, actually yeah, sure. do the work to design the work. And so that's what we mean. We lost, we lost our rights. We, we lost the right to collectively bargain. Holy and, cow. I'm sorry to hear that. Like that's, <laughs> that's depressing. Well, right. yeah. and, and, and there's been a really quick decline in what's mm-hmm. been happening. And that's mm-hmm. partly why we do yeah. our podcast is to say that teachers d- knew, no longer had a voice and we're like, we need to have a voice. For sure. And it's interesting because we do say people like you, like great parents, oh, great yeah. supporters, they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a huge deal. Wisconsin is unique. We're the only state in the nation that had collective bargaining rights and then had them eliminated. And um, so there's either states that have it and they still have it and they're usually on the coasts. Um, and then the, a lot of the southern states just never had it. Mm-hmm. And again, they don't they're not known for having really strong education systems. Wisconsin is known for having one of the best education s- systems, but then having it seriously decline yeah. over the past um 11 years well and i'll offer too often times people are like why why wouldn't you want teachers to know or why wouldn't you want them to be able to make decisions about what's best for the students in their classroom well invested i mean they're the ones day in day out (laughs) right well so i mean to just the short version is it's for testing companies testing companies are making bank in education i'm learning dude i'm like being enlightened yeah so think about like well, I don't know how often you were tested, but when I was tested in school, uh, he was in read 180. That's yeah, the was, whole right. Purpose. You were like yeah. the start, start, yep. start. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I was two, two years before you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was tested like a statewide test. Like the, yeah, we did that. Yeah. yeah. It was fourth grade, eighth grade, 11th grade. Yeah. Now it is every single year, multiple times a year. Those are those days where you like the whole oh, school shut down yes. and you test and it's like quiet and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> yes. I'm yes. like, I'd look at these answers. And, and there was one year where I literally just was right. like, you know what? You I, are not I, alone. I don't, I don't care. Right. Like, beep, 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 so beep, I did beep, this. Beep, boom, boom. Yep. And in part, it's like. Well, it's not and how it's learning okay. is measured. Well, so that's what I mean by 
testing companies are making banks. So yeah, think about sure. how much money, you know, all of those tests cost money. So if every single child is taking multiple standardized tests a year, yeah. uh, the school's paying <laughs> for that. And then they double down and being like, well, now you should, they don't say it this way anymore, but essentially we're teaching to the tests. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's why now teacher voice is out more because it's more about what are things we need to expose children to yeah. so they're ready for the test as opposed to, oh, I'm a fourth grade teacher and I, and I love Native American history. So let's learn about the Native Americans within Wisconsin. Nope, it's not on the test. Yeah. So why would we spend time on that? Wow. That's... Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why, so, in a way, we are very brave putting that out there. I um, mean, the, some of the stuff I've seen, like, I'm a fan by, by most. Like, I will tell boy. you. Like, fanboy, you got guys have, like, a little gathering. I'll bring this side. <laughs> well, I think it's really cool and unique, though, that not only are you a fan, like, you experienced it. Oh, yeah. yeah. In terms of... What, again, you know, you have examples of what real teaching and learning and things that change and stick with you are, and they're they're not tests. They're not teachers who were disempowered. You, you know, you gave examples of powerful teacher examples. Oh, for sure, yeah. And so that's mm -hmm. what we want. That's what mm -hmm. we hope to promote through our show. First of all, we're trying to lift up the spirit of teachers. Yeah. Because they they Such have a been decline. And they've it been is. taking a beating. Right. And yeah. now we don't even have people. So we know that this profession is filled with strength and beauty and people who are just skilled at working with children yeah. in in deep and complex ways. But it's talked about very simple. You know, it's more yeah. like um, it's kept on the hush hush. Well, or it's not talked about. It's yeah. like, but yet, like, it, like she's saying, how are schools talked about? Test scores. They'll be like, yep. and part of your thing with like Milwaukee, you know, is bad. Yeah. Is they use test scores against them. Yeah, for and sure. And there's a whole. I mean, we I, we can give you an education and what test scores. You know, test scores mainly reflect the level of income of a community yeah. of, of that child and in the community. So I used to say like, you want to get test scores up, you're going to guarantee everybody a $50,000 a year in family income. Cause that's how you're going to get those yeah. scores up okay. because yeah. that's what the tests like they most re they most reflect that it's not sure. really a measure of learning. And so sadly that's how, um, and it's out here. Like in, in the state of Wisconsin, Milwaukee is always seen as separate and less than. Yep. And um and that's what I hate. And that's right. that's part of the inspiration behind making this podcast cuz and even making the 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 commercial ad that I have coming out this Thursday. Um that that's exactly what it is. I hate when I go to another state and I I mention, "Oh, I'm from Milwaukee." And the first thing they do, "Oh." <laughs> That's a bad when you're right. in the South Bronx and you hear that, right? That we're bad, <laughs> and I'm over here like, right, right. What are, What are you talking about? Right. Like, well, it, that's that's one way that then that testing harms rather yeah. than helps, and, and that that goes hand in hand with how I was saying. Like, not every student learns the same. Like, this isn't 1950, 1960, mm -hmm. 70, 80. This isn't it. Especially coming out of COVID-19, things have changed. Well, and we break things down. 
you've listened yeah. to the four domains where okay, we say yeah. where kids have these four needs. They have physical needs, emotional needs, social needs, and intellectual needs. And what we're trying to promote and encourage or just expose people to is we could and should meet all of those needs within a school. But right now there's a real just focus on academics. Well, with everything going on and everything you guys have addressed, like day in, day out, what motivates you to, to keep in there? I, I mean, I've always been someone, and you know this about me, do not stand up to me. I'm someone who will stand up for myself. I'll stand up for the little guy next to me. Mm. She's. We were talking about her earlier. There was a. She was breaking up a fight, and my little four nine self <laughs> burst through a, a a crowd, mighty mouse. And I'm over here like you touch her, I'm going to jump on you. I can't say what I really want to say, but I was like, you know, and that 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 for me is like. What motivates you day in and day out? Because this has to be, just listening, this has to be like, oh, dude. <laughs> well, we, I I just, it's rooted in love. It really is. Like, yeah. I love people. I love children. And it is the kids, you know, and that's what we keep telling people too when people are like, why are your teacher leaving? And some people will be like, oh, the kids are so terrible. And it's like, oh, I really have not run into many people who, who say it's the children. I mean, we get to work with kids, like, you know, yeah. with, with other humans. Well, and that is what keeps me going is I just, we keep doing our thing. And yeah. it's actually just, like you said, introducing people to their power and, you know, being on a journey with with yeah. everybody is fun. We get to explore and discover. And I learn as much. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Mm-hmm. I learn a ton from my students. Yeah. I'm just, I like being with people. I'm open to their experience. Um, that is what keeps me coming back. I do truly. And in particular, I like adolescents. I like high school age kids yeah. where for me, you know, they're not too little that, you know, I've got to like you, you know, Dependent. I can talk like, <laughs> their I can talk like myself and <laughs> right. I don't have to like take care of their physical needs. And yeah, they're just really at a an, an age of discovery. Like, right. They're starting to figure out who they are, yeah. what they want. And that is just really powerful work to be a part of. And it comes and what keeps me coming back to is I do feel like it's natural to me to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, How about I w- you? Yeah. yeah, I would say <laughs> it is the the space that I feel the most understood. Yeah. Like I think mm-hmm. through our authentic connections, mm-hmm. I think we're fiercely loyal to one another. Um I just there is just this like same language Mm -hmm. just to be seen and heard is a powerful drug you know and i think it's because i truly see and hear them and you know it's the power with that we share i don't know where else in my life that i truly you know or any other even jobs that i feel aren't a top down or a, a you know like yeah knack of power like for this sure. is truly like like this great little community that right. we have. You really yeah. have partners. Like, you have partners with yeah. your students. Um, I, I think that's the, if teachers really like you, like Richards, um, like Mr. Callan, choir teacher, he mm-hmm. always used to tell me, you remind me of my son. Like he'd always say that to me. And I always admire that about him because he was such this humble, vibrant guy, man. 
And he really tried to understand me. And he let me know that I have a, a talent in mm. music. And I do. And mm-hmm. it's, I, I do have music out there. I mean, it hasn't gone viral. <laughs> but right. I remember when you were working on all that. Um, I, I'm very, I'm very, with my words, th- those are my weapons. Like, yeah. those can, but, you know, when a teacher really gets to know their students, I think that's such a special bond. That's why I've always, you know what I mean, for, for you, I, I'll never let you go. I, you know, as we walk through life, mm-hmm. like, you're just one of those teachers that really made an impact in my life, and you really made me feel understood. And I think with, you know, with your experience coming up, you, you're you experiencing that too. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a couple <laughs> students that stand out. Yeah, And that's the beautiful thing, because if you really get to know these students— Instead of just following this basic mold and follow the leader, you got to be your own person. And mm-hmm. that goes in with these students. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, we feel very, we do feel privileged that we have been able to experience education in a different way and that we've been supported in that. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people who have supported us in that. And, oh, yeah. and we appreciate that. Um, and so now we do feel like, like how you had said, like, oh, you, you have, you've adapted. Yeah. Like we really do have something to share that makes school a super engaging and life altering experience with ease mm-hmm. and yet with, with ease and, yeah. and peace and harmony it's actually possible. And that's a part of me. Like, you know, the realness, yeah. like I won't oh, be sure. making shit up here. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So like some people could hear that and think like, Oh, she's just saying like, she has the nice, she, you know, no, it's like, it actually is possible. And it's possible with, with all of the students, not just some of them. Mm-hmm. So where did the actual idea of educators amplified come from? <laughs> that was a long draw. No, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's up. been a progression. Boom. It's been a progression. Educators Amplified actually started in 2015. At that time, I had put, I can't believe the way I, I started this all backwards because I started with a three hour live radio event. Oh, wow. <laughs> Where was I? That was the first Educators Amplified was, uh, like I said, it was a three-hour live radio event. And what we were trying to do is I had panels of people. I had put together, like, panels of educators or public education supporters. So every hour there was, like, a different different panel. And at the time, it it really was to bring together the city of Milwaukee and the mm-hmm. uh, sub the suburbs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so it was like this urban suburban bridge um, for educators, be, for educators to see and hear that our issues are not different; they're the yeah. same. And so, how can we come together and and build? So, it started the first couple years was I was doing these, I was organizing these live events. And at the time, Hallie was obviously always a friend and a supporter, <laughs> but um, she was more like she'd get people checked in and she you was know, the general, right? She was like helping organize the event. And, and I was featuring other mm-hmm. people. Like I used to be really uncomfortable with me doing the talking a lot. 
Yeah. You know, and I'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, no, I'll get all these people. And, and that's fine. You know, I do like doing that. But we were a live event for the purpose of, again, putting out here, saying, like, if people really understood what testing is, if people really understood what was going on with teachers, if people really understood how students are suffering and what they're struggling through, you know, maybe we'd get different results. Then it turned into a more a shortened radio show like i was part of the earl ingram radio show here in milwaukee and earl's been a long time broadcaster in the african-american community good dude you guys should meet um and he would he would (laughs) he'd be he'd interview you um and that was it he would offer me space on his show he'd give me an he did a three-hour radio show on saturdays and then he'd give me an hour Wow. Once a month and be like, you can bring on Educators Amplified or we had, we had a deal. And then I was interviewing people oh, wow. on live radio. Yeah. And then, then we got into, well, well then, then COVID. Right. Well, and Hallie in the background was always like, we should do a podcast. podcast. We should do a podcast. And I, I don't even know. You tell your side. Cause then I kind of blew it off. Oh yeah. I got blown off a lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> she was just a no. No, come I knew back. It, I knew it was more of a space of unknown, maybe for you, of like, what do you mean a podcast? And I'm like, people listen. People would listen. Like this is yeah. like a niche, you know. And then it would subside. And then when when COVID came, it was like we shouldn't do those live events anymore. You well, know, we couldn't. Like, yeah, you, you literally couldn't. Um, and I just kept being like, we should do a podcast. But then it would always be like, well, how do you do a podcast? So then I'd Google how to do a podcast. I'm like, yeah. well, it says that <laughs> we could do this, this, this. Um, and then kind of like how even for you and I hear you talking about how this podcast started, like it all just kind of came together. Like yeah. it was supposed to, where we found a guy who has a studio, shout out to Josh at Silver City Studios. Mm-hmm. And he's really been helping us, you yeah. know, and he just hooks us up at the studio. And I was like, okay, Joanna, like we're just going to be ourselves. Like, like I even said earlier, like we talk all the time. And then even in general, like I'm sure you remember as a student, mm-hmm. like it's really fun to listen to Joanna, you know, like I, when, she makes you think. And- when I was out of class, I try to come by her class and she'd be like, no, get out. You had your time here on the couch. We had a reading station. Right. right. So I was like, we talk all the time. So like being nervous about how it would go didn't make sense to me because yeah. I'm like, we t- we freestyle every day in the classroom together. So mm-hmm. let's just put a mic in front of us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it came together then that way. Um, it's how I would say. That's the thing I love about podcasting. Oh, it's such, right. It's just like, it's an open community and it, everyone has different ideas. And yep. really the way I came about how to acquire all the equipment I mm-hmm. got Um I applied for a card through Sweetwater.com, and then I talked to a professional sound engineer. He's, I started asking him questions about what, what, um, what equipment should I be getting? I'm, I'm really, this is an idea I have, and I told it to him, and he says, well, if you want to be taken serious, he's like, get this board. It's called Roadcaster, mm-hmm. and this is, there's nothing like it out there. I promise you the quality you'll have in the uh, the podcasting that you do. This is the board you want. I actually just got the Pro 2, which that's the upgraded version, which is I'm very excited because after this, I will be going home to play. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
uh, he he coached me through. His name was Greg, and he coached me through, and I got all this. And I've I've literally invested in myself, and that's one right. thing you told me to do when I was in your class. Just know that you're worth investing mm-hmm. in, you know, mm-hmm. and if you do that. So it's like you're where you guys come into play. Once I started hearing your podcast, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was in the car acting like I was a part of your, your oh, podcast. I, I, and I'm like, so well, cool. you know, here's my idea. Blah, blah, blah. And I do that on the way to work because I, I play that. your podcast before I go to work. And I do that. And it's just like what you guys did is inspiring. And it inspired me to even, you know, take yeah. this leap. They're doing it. Why yeah. can't I do well, it? And, it's, and it's a community. And I really got to thank Hallie for that because she really encouraged me. Like I said, yeah. I was like, oh, I don't want to be out here. I don't like a spotlight. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, People need to hear what you have to say. People need to hear you. And I'd be like, uh. and, but I will say I do like podcasting way better than live radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Live oh, radio yeah. was like hard. seven seconds or seven oh my minutes. God, you had to watch the clock. Oh, you had certain yeah. breaks. Yeah. We took callers. I was like, I do like that about your podcast show because you do be having like little spurts of in between mm, uh, yeah. the little ditties. Mission time. Yeah. Or how do you call it? Like Commission a little transition. A transition, break. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, a shout out to DJ Drip Sweat. Drip Sweat, bam! From yeah. Milwaukee, right? Oh, that's yeah, awesome! She's right. a big DJ. Yeah, she's she? a female. She's yes. a female DJ. Okay, right. I might have Follow to interview Instagram. her. Right, and that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's original. We that's an original beat she made for our show. No way! Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Drip Sweat, I'm right. coming for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> she's easy to find on Instagram. Right. That's I awesome. I think she's a proud MPS grad. That's that's honestly that's like. I love that. Like, that's what I want to show about Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's such a special place. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like with your guys' podcast and everything, it's, it's, it, it I feel like I'm finally being heard through, right. through podcasting. And, you know, you guys are definitely being heard because you are, I've had conversations with people about your, your podcast. Oh, good. I, well, I just, please leave a review. <laughs> we need some reviews right follow us on instagram and facebook at educators amplified right so what has been challenging as far as building on to well i think it is the actual production okay. curve i think it just in my head even though i've not done any of it <laughs> I keep feeling like we need monetary sponsorship Mm -hmm. and and she'll think a little bit more like, no, there's things we can do on our own. Um, I think it's difficult. I would say it's been difficult. Well, working full time, like you're doing, you know, it's like, it's difficult working full time and, and giving this attention. And then we're still trying to figure out how to build our audience. Well, I'll tell you this. Because you are a dear friend of mine, and um, I just got that new board. So this one, I'm I'm gonna be renting it out. But right. for you, I, <laughs> for you, I'll just you, you let me know. I'll drop. Well, you know, I, Hallie, Hallie, <laughs> I, I'll let you be the one. Um, I'd let you use this because I, I feel like it, it is very powerful what you guys do. Like I, I really feel like your voices do need to be heard and. The more content you put out, the more they follow. And, and that, I think it's consistency, you know, for like the, the anyone who listens to your podcast or even listens to mine. I, I just like the information that you can learn from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I appreciate the offer. And mm-hmm. I think the hardest things, well, one, I think about just like right in the beginning, like the intimidation of like the headphone yeah. Yeah. microphone in your face. Like I remember our first times recording being like, uh, you know, or what like, do we say now? how much should we prepare? Should we have a script? <laughs> should we just talk naturally? Like, how do I talk naturally and talk into a microphone? You know, like yeah. that. But once we got over that hump, mm-hmm. it has felt like it always, it's the whole like energy and energy out. Yeah. It has always felt so good. And then I would think the hardest thing is my mind where I'll be like, oh my God, we can do this and this and this and this it's and this. Rushing. And then I'm like, oh, this is not my full-time job and I'm not getting paid for this <laughs> at all. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of that balance of, you know, of like, how do you, you know, just manage it all? One other um, thing I would add that I, that has been difficult, but I'm moving through is again, speaking authentic. Like I do speak authentically, but yeah. this ain't even really yeah i know you know i'm right. like i know i'm like <laughs> you know, she's sounding all professional and she's yeah you know so i do wonder if there will come a point where i'm like oh no i'm laying it down yeah for well, sure that's that's what? when we have a patreon I'm, and then people have yeah. to buy to hear us talk well, that, like real that's, real that's kind of how i feel because i i mean yeah. for this i have to you know bring it together but yeah, like right. if you really talk to me like right i'm someone that will I mean, I love. I'm, I'm all for like being open minded. Yeah. But um, it, oh, it, yeah. It, it's it's like it's a whole different person, right? <laughs> you know? So I think that's a challenge, and they, and yet realizing that no, I am my authentic self. Yeah, we are for sure. But um, yeah, I'm always in that headspace of like. I guess you're comfortable with the people who are around you that you because I, I mean, since I've been I quit drinking, I mean, people have fell off. Mm-hmm. And I think with my inner group that know me, mm-hmm. me, I'm talking about friends 25 years plus, um, I have that type of circle mm-hmm. and those I cherish, but they know who I am and I'm comfortable with them. And I, I feel like through here, the the whole purpose of this is I, I, I really want to shine light on others mm-hmm. and not make it about me. So it's like, I see that, that you're doing that. And mm-hmm. it's like, you're giving a voice to these teachers, both of you. Mm-hmm. And these are a lot of the things they want to say, but have never found the courage to. So you guys stepping up in the forefront. I mean, um, has it been nerve wracking breaking a mold of silence and addressing these real issues? Because you, you as much I, I know you've you've had to get positive feedback. Has there been colleagues that have been negative in the way they've seen your approach? <laughs> Well, they, they were already negative. If Should they I were. play this again? Right. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> Well, I would say, honestly, I think the most nerve wracking thing is that anybody can listen at any time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so you can kind of create the thing in your mind of like, anyone can just go on Apple and freaking listen to what I have to say. Yeah. Like, and I don't know who you are, what you're about, what you think, but it's out there. But then you humble yourself and you're like, Ain't nobody looking up our podcast. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't getting these yeah. ears. <laughs> so it, while it's out there, it's also contained in a way, but we've yeah. gotten really positive feedback. That's awesome. But then, but then you hear about like the trolls. And so Joanna's always waiting for the trolls a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Um, which I think is natural. But then I'm like, okay, are these just our closest 50 friends listening over on repeat. That's why we have so many listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. like the, 
but but so far no we yeah. we've had just a really positive response and yeah. that feels good because again it's mm-hmm. it's what we believe in right mm-hmm. of like we're putting out something good that's what we're gonna get back um yeah i not that not that we're you know so nothing's been brought directly to us that's made us uncomfortable or worried and and again it's damn, this is a job where you're just constantly connecting to yourself and being like, can I stand by what I said? Do I feel, was Mm -hmm. that really me? Do I really believe that? And and I do feel like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then I feel okay. I mean, yeah, everything that's said, it's like, this is going out into the world and they are going (laughs) to listen. So whoever comes across this... um, but it feels good that it like does. because it's an authentic conversation. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that 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 was me talking. It's therapeutic for me. Oh, I'll tell yeah. you. I the first interview I ever did was Danielle. And um midway through the conversation, I looked I'm looking at her, but I'm also looking like past her and I'm like, I can do this. You could just see yourself. I could see I can see it's a storefront with spearhead on the front. Like, oh, cool. I can mm-hmm. envision in a lot of the books I've read. Um, in a, visualize it. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. manifestation and it's mm-hmm. it's it's bringing, finally letting go of the uh, toxic people and bringing more positive people mm-hmm. to create that, that vision. And I, I, I admit, like in the beginning, when I first had this idea, everyone has always heard me talk, 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 talk. And I've never acted. Mm. But this is by far the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life. And I've stuck with it. I, I mean, like That's I showed cool. you before this, it, it, there's a there's a commercial coming out. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, That's good. this is to show the world that like it's serious. But I feel like podcasting is like totally therapeutic listening to you guys are very therapeutic because <laughs> at least i know i'm going to get the real raw truth right. like right. out of an educator of all people i'll tell you on the right here i was nervous mm. like there's some interviews that that i'll get like oh uh, <laughs> uh, but this one by far is the one that was like oh my god i'm gonna be in front of these educators and <laughs> Gosh. Man, if they critique me, this is gonna be all bad. No, I'm just kidding. That right. was all your I'm not kidding, but like, <laughs> but it's um, it's 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 totally like having this conversation. Yeah. It's so like raw and so real. It's like, yeah, this is what it's all about. Totally. It's like the messages that like I love, and it's gonna reach people. And believe me, people will listen to this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I love it. Keeps going and going. Mm-hmm. So. Education hit hard during the pandemic in these past couple of years. What has it really taught you? Well, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it did really affirm for me yeah. that what I focus on in education endures. Like mm-hmm. I said, like I really did focus always on kind of like the health and the well-being and the relationship with the, the students so that yeah. we could learn. Like we can go through, if you want to just go through the motions, we can, yeah. but it's not going to feel great and nothing much is going to happen. So it affirmed for me what what I believed, but then I it also, though, it did teach me more about the depths of kind of confusion and suffering of all of us. I was actually more surprised by the adults than the kids. Yeah. You know, and watching everybody 
again, go go through something traumatic and not feel a sense of control. We all we all went through it. And I really felt for like teachers, like they can only do so much. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. So I would say that that those were some things that I really focused on. I would add, um, this has really taught me to slow down. Yeah. Like I think or I know I was on auto drive or just or even it I keep mentioning my mind will just take me like, oh I'm gonna do you know, and then I'm off like ten years from now or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, come back. Yeah. Where am I? You know, be there. And I'll just continue to say like or what we've been saying, like with COVID, it really it only just exposed the ugly underbelly of what's been going on in education. Definitely. You know, it's always been there. Um, and I do believe that what Joanna I Joanna and I are doing is very needed. Um, but I also know that people need to ask. I can't just go out and be like, everybody, listen to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so that's what I mean by like even slowing down of like, just be where I am, be content with where I'm at. Um, because when I get ahead of myself, one, I, I have no idea what's really going to happen in the future because COVID came and we were like, whoa. And then two, right, like, yeah, just, just be with everything and it'll all work out. I also recognized how much those schools are they are equipped to meet the need the full range of needs of students mm-hmm. so on one hand you know i was like it's all here like we have gyms we have food we have water we have tons of caring adults we have creativity we mm-hmm. have people yeah. who are willing to innovate so i i that i think stood out to me more than ever during this because I kind of saw it not being fully used that way. I could see, though, how it could have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I know that was something, too, that it was just an observation I made of, like, wow, we could be so much more. Why aren't we? Like, yeah. as a larger system. Mm-hmm. And because I've, I'm very driven by, I do believe that schools should be places of peace and really yeah. support you know, like I, I was, you know, this is our philosophy in our program where I'm like, the world is stressful enough. Mm-hmm. We don't need to add to it when we come here. And that's not, again, unrealistic. It's, it's, I view it as part of, it's how I have to do my job. Like if, if, if kids aren't at balanced and feeling at ease, they literally can't learn. Like that's like how the biological yeah. level. That's how the human brain works. Like emotion can shut down logic. Yeah. Logic can't shut down emotion, but emotion can shut down logic. Yeah. And so if we want to you said learn, that in one of your episodes, yeah. I remember that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so right, if if we're if we are about learning, which mm-hmm. we are, then we have to give that as much care for sure as well. And so that that again came through during the pandemic like strong so i said a lot of my things were really affirming of yeah. work that we had done before and we feel that our kids did do pretty good mm-hmm. yeah yes mm-hmm. how about you what do you like the number one thing like you think it's you said slow down mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um well, actually, that might be your number one, huh? Well, yeah, but I just think, yeah, it's hard to like 
totally say what I'm saying because it isn't, I guess I'm just really realizing more and more like how I view the world is very different than like how society runs the world. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. sometimes I say anything, I'm like, no one knows what I'm trying to say, but (laughs) just, just more or less like, I actually think if people did slow down, we'd see we're doing better than I think we give ourselves credit for. I really feel during that time. um, Yeah. Fear was the biggest thing. Oh Mm. yeah. You got to turn off the news stations. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to get too much into that point because everyone, I I got off of social media for a long time because Mm -hmm. everyone wanted to be about politics, Mm -hmm. but fail to realize at the same time, we're human. Right. And we're going through something, but we do have each other. Mm -hmm. And it was, there was a lot going on in the beginning. And I just feel now it's just like through that, what, the pandemic taught me is we only got one life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say YOLO because that's cliche. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's old. But really every move counts. Every, every step counts. And I, I feel like a lot of people overlooked that and decided to be judgmental in that time period. And it's like, all right, there's a president of the United States. He has a lot of big decisions on his desk to make. He made the wrong one. Or, you know what I mean? A lot of these these uh, education systems out here, um, you know, they didn't make the favored decision. Oh, now they're being nailed for it. What I'm trying to say is yeah. that we're all human mm-hmm. and we all went through it. Mm-hmm. And I feel. Oh, we got to just see when people are pushed yeah. to their breaking point. Yeah, for sure. What comes out. Right? I I've, I've really saw some ugliness on social media, mm-hmm. which made me just jump off because it's like, I thought I knew who you were. And now you just, you're this complete different person. And you're really saying what's really in your heart. Like, and for me, that's the biggest thing. You said loyalty earlier. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that really stands out with me. I'm a very loyal person. And if you got me in your corner, you got me in your corner and I'm want to stick up for you. I'm want to be there for you. But a lot of these people I thought I knew, I think that's the one thing it taught me. Like, the <laughs> Well, and we had, yeah. a, we also had a view of what can we learn from this? Yeah. That is really like part of our lesson maybe at one mm-hmm. point like literally i remember yeah. with students being like what can we learn from change this yeah. is just or what can you learn from uncertainty yeah this is this has been uncertain it's 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 you know because at first it was like oh you're gonna be out of school for two weeks then four weeks then two months then for sure. for, forever, forever. No. <laughs> yeah. and the kids really felt that way they were like is this yeah. gonna happen yeah. forever yeah. there's a lot to work through um and so we were like Right. There's a lot to how we deal with uncertainty. Right. Do we get fast and mm-hmm. and mean um, or right? Do you slow down and be like, yeah, this does not feel great. And yeah. there is a lot we don't know. But what can we learn from it? And we actually did. I remember at the end of last, not the school year we just finished, the year before, the kids went and did this whole like all the things that had the the beauty of covid mm-hmm. and they all wrote about things like right like that like maybe they started podcasting maybe they yeah. you know like it was like really look back and be like what did you do during you know what did you do during this time and we had big beautiful lists when we looked at it you know if, if we could have said like how did this suck yeah. and again that would have been depleting 
right? Yeah. That would have brought a different energy. But then we were just like, what did we learn? How did we grow? What were things that happened that would have never happened? Yeah. Well, and I think it's a matter of perspective. Like, I don't think we're delusional or like sugarcoating, yeah. but I'm also, I'm all, you know, right. Listening to our podcast, you hear us talk <laughs> about like regulation and dysregulation, yeah. Yeah. you know? So it was a matter of awareness of like, mm-hmm. right. What things trigger me to be more dysregulated? What things help me be more regulated during this time when everyone's world has been flipped upside down? You know, we have more control than we think we do. Um, it doesn't mean that you're never going to be dysregulated. You know, you're constantly mm-hmm. going up and down the scale. But I think we just approach it from a space of awareness first. And then you made me think about, because at that time, I was really into Ianla Van Zant. I mean, I still really mm-hmm. like her. But she, I just remember she came out with a quote at the time that said something like, now is our time to, we're in our cocoons, you know, during yeah. COVID, like be in your cocoon so that you can come out as a butterfly. And I, I was just was like, Joanna, that's what I'm going to do. I want to use this time. To I'm going to be cocoon. a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's super cheesy, but it, yeah. it was something that I think mm, perhaps brought hope when I felt fear, you yep. know, which was all the time. So it was like something to remind myself of like, I'm in the cocoon. I'm in the cocoon. Oh, for sure. Um, but mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think it was a matter of perspective, building awareness and finding little things to connect to. This um, brings me, cause you, you brought up one of the topics from your podcast. This brings to the next question. Mm. Um, what um, you have eight episodes so far right now. Mm-hmm. Correct. What are the topics and the issues you've been Sniping, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> well, right. I think, well, I know like when we started off, it was just more of like introducing ourselves and really sharing like. Let's connect. Yep. Yeah. That was the name of that yep, episode. You are yep. correct. And, mm-hmm. and being willing to share like, mm-hmm. it, I guess that was nerve wracking because I was like, how do I tell this story? Because I'm not trying to talk ish, you know, but I am yep. like, mm, this was a crappy situation right but it was just we felt the need to share our experiences so far or what kind of led us um and then right we really talked about um regulation you know i was very much like our second episode has to be about regulation (laughs) because everything that we talk about the underlying thing is Mm -hmm. regulation and it's just what's crazy to me is it's not talked about anywhere and yet it's our biology. Yeah. Like it's it's the thing that all humans have is understanding yeah. our nervous system and how we work. So that was just, that's just something that I'm always like, oh man, if we could be more equipped in our society with just sure. understanding how we work, how our bodies and brains and minds work, man, I don't think we'd be in this situation. But so then from there though, we were like, all right, we've been talking with teachers a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know well, if you want to. No, I, a lot of it is we sometimes we do the titles afterward. You know what I mean? Yeah. We will kind of have an organic experience sometimes with the guests and then put the title on later. Um, so it's a mix of, I think, three things. It is our work around regulation and dysregulation and helping people to just understand how the human body functions. Yeah. Um, I think it's too to talk about the school system and how it could be more aligned to support that. And then three, it's definitely about teachers and the teaching profession. Yeah. Um, and then I think uh, topics come up based on 
who we're interviewing, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, cause, and we'll call those ones, right? Amplifying Stephanie, amplifying Heather, amplifying Zach, like whoever it is, we just want their story to come out mm-hmm. and- and then you guys can make the decision about mm-hmm. what is what was that yeah. topic, well, but it's really the teacher experience. Because right when I, something I'm really learning too from talking with people is I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm kind of saying the same thing all the time, mm-hmm. and I know that this is kind of teaching in general. But what people pick up is totally based on your experience, yeah. you know. And so I'm not here to be like, oh, I'm going to teach you this lesson, and you need to hear it this way. I have no control on how you how hear you it prove. based on your lived experiences. Yeah. So that's why even like amplifying Stephanie was like, whatever you get from Stephanie, she had yeah. the opportunity to amplify her voice. And that was more important than trying to that's like- That's the president of the mm-hmm. union? Yeah. yeah. Okay, And she's you. a current fifth grade teacher. Okay, that, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. She looked familiar. Did she go to South Milwaukee? Yeah, mm-hmm. you probably, she she's- 31. Yeah, so she was in my, yeah, sister's great. She was always, I'm 07. Okay. I knew I was looking at her. I'm like, oh, yeah. she looks familiar. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We out here, rockets, boom, boom. Right. <laughs> there you go. Doing some great things, putting <laughs> love boom, in the boom. world. Uh, love it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, but right. It all centers around the whole, we see you, we hear you, we are you. Yes. It's a podcast made for and by teachers. You know, we use the word yeah. educators, you know. Because that's the biggest thing. Like, if you do see, like, when mm-hmm. you read stuff, they're never interviewing the a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, when they have panels on the news or panels on shows, it'll, it'll be like, it's uh, like a crazy title from the Education First Institute. And it's like, what is that even? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. so that was our frustration is there, we're like, kind of how you're like, I'm from Milwaukee and I feel yeah. like I can talk about it. That's how we are. We're like, we're actual teachers, but how how things are shared are not through yeah. teachers. And because teachers then have to be, I mean, they don't have to be necessarily, but but they are, they feel so afraid that they don't share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, we just, we wanted to bring that forward. We were like, that's the, we see you, we hear you, we are you. Like yeah. we see what you're going through. We hear it and we relate it, and we're in it with you. Well, to building a bridge of trust and it's, it's just saying you're not alone. And I, I think the, one of the biggest thing I take from your podcast is that you're, you're there, you're there and don't feel afraid. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes with the whole, don't cage yourself in a box because of others opinions. Like, you know what I mean? You had this idea. It grew. I had this idea. Mm-hmm. It grew. And I feel with a lot of people these days, I think that's the biggest thing. They try to conform you to what this mold is, and mm-hmm. that's not it. So when seeing your or when hearing your podcast, I mean, it goes it goes lengths and it goes far and well, thanks for the yeah. plug. We like all the plugs. Yeah, right? it does. <laughs> I got you. Well, I got you. well, and because we're like, education really is a part of everybody's every day. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is actually super important, but we don't actually kind of, and it's something people talk about, but it's not, we don't talk about it in necessarily an informed way. It is yeah. again, like kind of really opinion and emotional. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm all down for that because in terms of like, I love hearing people's perspective. Yeah. And yet I'm like, I'm a professional who's like understands how kids 
grow and develop how brains what the mm-hmm. process of learning actually is that that yeah. was the hard part of hearing like some of the parent uproar was being like i understand everybody's feelings are legitimate i'll say that over and over but that's not how schools work or that's not how learning occurs and so we need to do things that yeah. are supportive of the, the natural development, development. Yeah. And learning processes. Have you ever thought of doing an episode with an actual student just to get like their perspective? Yes. And I mean, yes. I think that would be big. Right. And then that's another thing I say. You have to listen to these students. You can't think, think, like I said, 60, 70, 80. Like you can't. Oh, we got people. We got lots of students who we have recorded one. We just haven't put the episode together. Mm -hmm. Dylan, we're not forgetting about you. We're not forgetting you, Dylan. You're thought of right now. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Um, and we have we have loads of others, honestly. So I mean, that's super. Like again, it's cool to be here with you, and it's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're reconnecting with students this way. I like this part, and this is this was an unintended thing in the podcast that I never thought of. But now look at it. Yeah. Well, but the kids. Former students will be like, oh, I love listening to it because mm. it makes me feel like I'm back in circle. It makes me yeah. feel like I'm back, back in, in your classroom. classroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, I never thought that it would have. I just never thought of that. And and yet then that makes me proud that just that like that's what I, you know, I like to share love. And I like that students view listening to our podcast as a comfort, you know, that yeah. they remember that as a good thing mm-hmm. or something that's helpful, you know, and it's mm-hmm. helpful. I was going to ask what's the, the biggest positive impact coming through this. And I think you just said it right there. Like, you, man, I love that. Like when I was in school, you really saw who I was because there wasn't many teachers who saw that. I've named a few during mm-hmm. this during this conversation, but it's like I felt like no one truly understood. I wasn't angry. I was hurting. Yep. I wasn't. There was so much going on in my head, and all I need, all I wanted and needed, most of the times of the outburst was for attention. Mm-hmm. Am I loved? There was times where I contemplated like mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and they had me on Adderall, Ritalin. Uh, antidepressants and for me it's like it wasn't until I got off those medications that I actually hit puberty I didn't hit puberty if you don't remember mm-hmm. my junior no, I said you were really ju- tiny mm-hmm. ju- junior going into my senior year and that was after I finally stopped yeah. taking that medication I'm not saying that it, the medication doesn't work no oh, yeah but you're sharing your at experience. the same time yeah. my experience with that was you know that wasn't the way to get to me well Mm -hmm. and i remember you taught me a lot about that because i do remember just listening to you and you were going off being like i don't like it i don't like the way i feel i feel like a zombie i can't even i'm not even myself and i just you made that really real for me in terms of just understanding like how it feels to a kid and I remember I was just, you know, yeah, I wasn't like, sure. no, you need to take it or no, you don't. Yeah, no, I just was sure. like, and that 
impacted me going forward with students because then yeah. I would hear that. I, I would hear it where, and th- that interests me that there's something developmental. Like at a certain age, mm-hmm. the kid is like, I don't want to do this. I don't yeah. like the way it makes me feel. And then the parent feels like, well, but the doctor's recommending it. So we should. And there's, it's, it's, it's a battle I've seen a million mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. since you, but Anyway, I think the positive out of that was that there was, especially during my time and your time as well, because you were in high school at the same time, <laughs> um, opiates were mm-hmm. were a big thing. And um, sadly, I've lost a lot of friends. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have, but if you have, I'm mm-hmm. sorry about that. But that really kept me away from that. I mean, I dabbled with mm-hmm. good old Mary, but, you know, mm-hmm. good old Mary. <laughs> But that's part of the teenage experience. But that is. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, um, the alcohol was there, um, but it, it kept me away from that. But I've watched others do that. And I'm like, why? Well, why? you saying why? that now just made me think about that was a deep reason why I was inspired to really move in the direction of Real Academy yeah. was because many of your friends who you lost were my yep. students. Like we we know and that was the dilemma I was having as an educator at that time where I was like, there are things we could do proactively. Yeah. But the system was set up to wait until it got really, it got really, really bad, bad before. Yeah. And I don't, you wouldn't even know this, but, but maybe like, so right. People were only supposed to take my class like once, or you could maybe take it two years in a row, but there there between Miss Kimber and I. Yeah, yeah, for we sure. We tried to so it was before there was an actual program, mm-hmm. we'd try to piece together and be like, okay, we'll put Xavier with you here yeah. and then put him with me here and then we'll I love you, Miss Kimber. Right. <laughs> and, and then we'll, you know, good. Then we have like we were we were like making it on our own, but we didn't have a larger system supporting us. Yeah. You know, where I was like and even like Miss Kimber's class technically like you had to be in need of something you know so anyway it is that this group of students that you kind of went through that I could see that the issues were going to be more serious more quick and I was like we got to do something they it needs to be more of a comprehensive support not just a um you know a class and and then right I mean because again, I could feel that. You and can see it in the class. I mean, I had I, kids, I, people I went to high school with. They in their little canteens, they were drinking, and I, like it's crazy how how much happened in that little spurt of time. But you're right, right? Because man, I'm telling you, it was either um, freshman year was the only year that we had open open campus before it went into the new building. Mm. I was actually in every school, mm. South Milwaukee. Mm. So I went to Lakeview. Then I went to the old middle school, which got knocked down. Mm-hmm. That's the soccer field. Then I went my freshman year to the, um, to the, the old current high, middle school, old high school. Middle, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm in the new building in sophomore year. But um, that open campus was kind of a good thing. They got rid of that. Cause I f- I felt like as much as I liked it, that was when that's when shit went went really down. That's when it's <laughs> let's go to all Zach's house and uh <laughs> let's go get blazed. <laughs> but yeah, it's 
and that's the reality. I mean, the only reason why I brought that up is, is you know, you understood me as a teacher, and and I really appreciate that. And I, I feel like the way you guys are with your students, you need to keep being that way because that's the only way you're going to get through to them. You you have to listen to them, and that's what most teachers don't do. And then they sit here and they're like, well, why aren't they listening to me? They aren't listening to you because you don't – you're not – coming from an angle that they understand. And that's how you said with perception. Mm-hmm. It's, it's But crazy. they're they're also working in a system You're that right. says mm-hmm. get these tasks done and this content is more important. So again, I'll always defend teachers. Yeah, and, yeah for and sure. Be like, you know, um just the way time works, what priorities there are told out there is like is it doesn't make the relationship a focus. It's yeah. like, oh, relate, you know, relationships are good and you should have them. Whereas in alternative education, we're like, edu- relationship is the focus and the whole child is focused. So that's what you might see some of my older stuff where I'll say, like, I believe all children should experience alternative education because mm-hmm. the focus is the whole child in a relationship. Yeah. And that is the foundation of learning Um, with friends, with family, wherever. And so we are on a mission, you know, to Mm. spread the word about how schools could and should function differently to support the whole child in the relationship. So that all that, you know, you learned how to do this because you felt plugged in and connected to yourself. Yeah. When you are plugged in and connected to yourself, you can learn everything, everything which you want to learn and more. And so that's where we're at. This is this is what we yeah. have to do. Like it just we have the the science of learning now is out there that says like it doesn't learn you don't learn from people making you, forcing you, scaring you. Yeah. I I do want to say this. I know throughout this this interview I've talked about educators I love the educators that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, there's a lot of them that I have bonds with. Um, Costello. Yep. Uh, Miss Stewart. Um, Miss Stewart is about to have one of the twins this oh. upcoming year. So that's year. That was my first teacher in South Milwaukee. So now the next generation of Mercados is in the building. <laughs> um, Lakeview, LV, baby. No, <laughs> but um, it's not taking a hit. At, throughout this interview, it's not that I was trying to take a hit at educators. No. I just want you to realize this is coming from a student that went through this this system, and um, we're all human. So I'm not going right. to hold you to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the way you treated, but it's it's definitely. I think we got to open our eyes to the way we communicate with the students, mm-hmm. and this is an outsider's perspective. Yeah, and I appreciate the both of you coming on here and, and share, sharing everything with me. So where do you see educators amplified in the next five years? Education media empire. empire. <laughs> so, right. We have our own, we have our own vision. You know how you're like, I saw it. Yeah. We have a vision of what we call the education media empire, where we would, we think that again, education should be in the everyday. It should yeah. be on podcasts. It should be on radios. There should be TV shows in the realistic way, not the myth. Yeah. You know, not the myth of teacher because again, not the facade. right. Not the myth, not the facade. You know, well, and not authored by non-educators right. or spoken 
about buying non-educators. Right. Yeah. So we see it growing. We'd like to see, you know, five years, big, big, big audience. You know, maybe we're going around and talking to other people. <laughs> uh, Motivational speakers. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I I know. We just put it in this thing we call, you know, the Education Media Empire, the EME to me. All um, right. And I got it. I got it here exclusively. Right, on you hey. <laughs> you did. And just partnering up with people to just share an authentic, I guess, voice experience expertise on education. Like I just I feel it. I think people are ready for it. Yeah. You know, like I it's, just am like, yeah, we got to keep. Building, yeah. building the tribe, we call it, yes. you know, yeah. of just yes. like, even, I mean, this is a yeah. great, mm-hmm. like, hello, like, yeah. how is this happening? And yeah. anyway, Education Media Empire for me definitely is the dream yeah. in five years. That I'm excited for that now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. See, like, um, the next five years, the way I see it is like just building up these interviews. It's not like I'm going, oh, I'm going to make money off this. This has nothing to do with money. Mm-hmm. This has more with reaching, reaching out and um, killing the stereotype of this city. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, you as educators are a, a big, you guys are the queen. Like you're that mold <laughs> right there. You're, you you get across the board and it, like, I just feel like your statement that you're making with your podcast, it's it kind of coincides with what I'm trying to do. And it's like, man, just reach as many people, like get their stories out there and just show that we're all human. Right. Mm-hmm. We're all human. Mm-hmm. Well, focusing on the strengths, yeah. what's there? Yeah. I do. I yep. do. I do appreciate this, guys. Yeah. It it has been great. Oh, my God. Right. It feels really good. So if you guys haven't heard of Educators Amplified, (laughs) now you have. And what platforms are you guys on? Anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can go to our website. Yep, Amazon. But our website is educatorsamplified.podbean.com. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that. That's one of the goals to create the website. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Otherwise, Facebook and Instagram, we're on. We'll download like content, you know, oftentimes like when we have an episode, like I'm a very visual person, so I'll have a visual to go with it. You I know, got, supplement. So um, you can find us on all platforms. And really, we hope we would love yeah. for you to share reviews. That's really helpful. Oh, for sure. I um yeah, I'm getting ready to make the Spearhead Spotify, the Apple try and do, I'm doing the whole platform because next week is gonna be a big week for me. So right. um excited about that. Why don't I, you plug that? I would love if you guys come. It's August 4th. It's from five to seven. It's in South Milwaukee at Spirits. Um mm. I bartended there for five right. years, mm-hmm. but they have all these TVs and it's going to be on the, they have a 4k TV in the back, which the video is going to be in 4k. Wow. So, um, it's going to be on this big speaker and all these TVs and it's, it's the message. That's so cool. Um, I love Milwaukee and you both are examples of what makes Milwaukee special. Great. And I love that you came on here and you, told you know what i mean your journey and Mm -hmm. what you're doing and i feel like again if you haven't heard of educators amplified man this is a positive thing that i'm totally number one fanboy (laughs) (laughs) so um thank you again yeah thank you much love um 
It's been great. Yeah. So I'm going to leave it like this so they know. So okay. they know. Educators Amplified, the podcast. Educators Amplified. Educators Amplified. Where we amplify educators' voice. Amplify students' experience. Amplify well-being. Amplify hope. Amplify what's really going on in our public schools. Amplify solutions to restore the education profession. Amplify new possibilities. I'm Joanna. And I'm Hallie. We see you. We hear you. We are you.